0: Well, hello again. It has been a minute since I posted an episode here on The Max Danielson Show, and I know I have probably quite a bit of explaining to do, Um, considering as to why this is the first time I've ever taken this long of a break, and how unexpected it was. I know some people reached out to me and kind of wondered why it stopped, but I know a lot of people also didn't really want to ask so i'm going to try to kind of fill in the loose ends here and uh try to explain as best as possible without getting into too much detail um as to why i took a break now if you remember back on june 5th was my last episode featuring sophie oliver and originally the reason i missed uh the june 19th episode was just because i got caught up with work and and training for baseball, and just life in general, so I didn't have time to release that week's episode, but at the same time, I was planning on next week releasing that episode until life kind of came to a crashing halt, both in a metaphorical stance and a literal sense. Um, Back on June 21st, uh, I was involved in a pretty serious uh, car accident, actually. Um, one of which that I'm both very lucky to have not been injured as much as I was, which was only a pretty good-sized gash on my left elbow, a gash on my left leg, and then some stitches in my left shoulder. Uh, but the more grim of the two being that I'm lucky to still be alive. Um, because they said if, the car flipped or anything else differently happened I wouldn't be here today and knowing that knowledge kind of after that put me in a really deep kind of hole for a few weeks um, just mentally I wasn't there I, I really wasn't there if I'm being 100% honest with y'all um, I remember pondering why I was still alive I remember Countless nights just staying up, just wondering why, why I deserve to still be here, that I didn't deserve to be here. Um, And it's funny that the day after the crash, um, there's a book that my late grandmother gave me before she passed away, and it's called uh, Spiritual Vitamins. And it's a book that for every day gives you a Bible verse and then the message for the day. And I just out of just pure coincidence, I, I open up the book and on June 21st, it has the Bible verse of Mark 9:23, which is all things are possible for one who believes. And the message for that was today, I accept the fullness of life from this moment on. And with that, I decided, then and there, I needed to take a break, and I just needed to enjoy life again, because I felt like I was just so caught up in everything, and caught up in my work, caught up in training, caught up in doing the podcast, a lot of things, and I didn't really have time to do the things I truly like to do, so instead of rushing anything back and putting out any information about the crash or whatever happened. I just kinda decided to keep it to myself and just announced that I was taking a break for a while. I didn't know how long it was gonna be, but I was going to do it for as long as it took to feel that I was comfortable again to do it and just, it was something that I was enjoying again. And, that's kind of how the summer went for me. I got to coach team, you know, coach a team. I got to, you know, train. I got to spend a lot of time with my family. Um, and I just want to say thank you for all those of you who did hear about it and who reached out. I know me kind of keeping it on the DL and not really putting it on blast and putting it out for the audience, or just in general for my viewers or my friends even for that matter, um, a lot of people didn't know what happened. So I appreciate those who did reach out and, you know, who were there with me during kind of that point. Uh, but as of right now I am at one of the best points in my life at the moment. Um, I'm very happy. I just, I've kind of re-enjoyed life, which is awesome to say the least. Um, you know, during that three months, I mean, during these past three months, I spent a lot of time with God and just kind of gotten a deeper understanding of life and built a better relationship with him and just a better relationship overall with myself. But enough on that matter. But I know also a lot of people have the question on what's going to happen with this season of the Max Danielson show, because if you know, usually if you followed it for the past two years, um, the show season kind of ends around the late September area but due to this 3 months of being off i'm going to end up extending the season to the end of the year actually it kind of works out really well for me because the last episode or the uh, last i guess the first episode of the new season will air on January 1st of 2022 so that'll be kind of a cool way to do that but um uh, there's a lot of things planned for this season You guys will see that in the commercial break, we actually got our first actual official sponsor, which I also released um, a few months ago during the break. But other than that, I mean, it's kind of just going to go back to the way it was before it all happened. You know, episode every two weeks, bringing on guests. So that's pretty much all I got for this update. I know a lot of people kind of probably expect or didn't really expect that it would be that kind of severe and that grim of a reason but i just felt it was necessary for me to do that and just, just take a step back step away and just put myself back together you know what i mean by that but that's all i have for the update um but other than that hope you enjoy this episode and uh it's good to finally be back thank you all so much for your support And I will talk to y'all later. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the return of the Max Danielson Show. It has been a while since I've said that, three months almost to be specific. I'm your host, Max Danielson. And uh, joining me today, it's it's definitely a good one to come back to, one of my good friends here at Austin College. Uh, part of the football team here also has a lot of different organizations he's involved in here at Austin College. That is kind of the guy that uh, when all COVID started, who was the first guest on when uh, the whole quarantine vibes happened. That is Mr. Christian Hallam. Christian, welcome on to the show. Thanks for having me again, man. Absolutely, man. It's been a while since, you know, it all, I mean, if you think about it, it's been, what, 18 months since kind of COVID all happened and just the whole pan, like pandemonium of the world all happened, and we're slightly starting to get back to normal, though at Austin College, as we know and love, they tend to panic at the most minute things in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. It's been a long time, but uh, just glad to, glad to be where I'm at, and I know uh, God's got a good plan, so...
0: For sure, man. So if you don't mind reminding kind of the audience just a little bit about yourself and, of course, the sports teams that you follow uh, besides the uh, Houston trash cans. But uh, I'll let you take it away on that one.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. Well, uh, my name is Christian Hallam. I'm a senior here at Austin College. I do play football, but currently I am uh, undergoing an injury and doing rehab with that. And so, uh, you know, I had a little talk with my coaches this year and it was kind of tough and a little bit of a, um, disappointing decision, but I understand that at this point in my life, this is kind of a big deal, uh, for my future health. And I decided to sit this season out and take my season and put my efforts towards my school and rehab and other organizations I'm a part of like Austin college anglers, which is a fishing group on campus here. Um. But besides that, my plan is to come back next season and continue playing football. I have that opportunity. And the great thing about having this opportunity is that I'll be a fifth year here on campus next year, uh, getting my master's in education. So um, me, my buddy Tyler and I both, he's my roommate, he, uh, he and I are both going to be doing that. So I'll just be blessed to be able to have that last year to play if I want to. And if I want to just start coaching, I can do that, too. So um, it goes both ways. But. You know, this little elbow injury I had, basically, long story short, I broke my elbow in a scrimmage last spring during COVID season, and uh, it wasn't fun, and it required some surgery, and besides that, now here I am at Austin College, just living my life, but uh, but yeah, is there anything else you want me to explain, Max?
0: <laughs> well, besides taking one of the topics that I was going to ask in the uh, whole interview, uh, just uh, kind of what sports teams you follow, just reminding the audience.
1: Yeah. So I'm a huge huge okay I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan uh from San Antonio. Ch- I thought it was Texans, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. My family grew up in Houston. So here's here's the trick. Here's the trickery of my family, all right? Okay. So you have a family that grows up in Houston. They love the Astros. But yet family that also grew up in Arlington, so we're Dallas Cowboy fans. So it's a little bit of a mix of both, you know, big cities, you know, but uh don't, don't really care for the Texans too much. That's more my uncle's side and my uncle's gotcha. uh, diehard you know, Texans fans. And he loved Matt Shaw back in the day and Deshaun Watson. Good um, on Matt Shaw. Well,
0: <laughs> Christian, we'll kind of get into it. You know, talking about kind of the 2020 season, I guess really you could say, well, yeah, 2021 season just with football, you know, this past spring um, and the whole COVID thing. I mean, I want to ask you about that because we, I mean, we... I remember coming over to your place and kind of watching them when they were on the road um, at Hendricks and watching uh, the Hendricks dance team perform for a whopping zero people in the stands. But (laughs) I wanted to ask you kind of about that season and just recapping what was different about it. What did it feel like to be playing spring football instead of traditional fall football and just all kind of the hula hoops that the football team had to jump through that season?
1: Yeah, this is definitely historically one of the most like interesting seasons I think anyone has ever watched football. I mean, you you just tune in and and you're and you're watching baseball and football in the same season. It's like what? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the spring season we had about five games. The uh, NCAA and our conference gave us five games this spring season with COVID season. And uh, like I said, my injury was. You know, it happened this spring, so it actually happened the first a week before our first game, and so I was technically out, but I did get to travel and stuff like that uh, to the last game of the season, which was the conference uh, title uh, game, and they just kind of we played that game against Center just to kind of determine our conference rankings, and it was awesome. But like you asked, man, it's just watching the whole you know games online and streaming them and. And having to play for no fans at all it just it was a different feel, man. And I don't know if you know anything about like playing baseball at least or any other sports without fans, just it it takes away all the energy. It's and brutal.
0: It is absolutely you brutal.
1: Your, you could create your own energy to a certain extent and do all you want to like be enthusiastic and play your hearts out. But if nobody there is to see that, it you know, it really kind of feels like a practice, you know just feels like you're scrimmaging another team in practice. And so, I mean, it was still fun, don't get me wrong. And I know the guys, we love to play, and that's why we play the sport. But it's it's something that it was definitely an adjustment that we had to work with. And uh, this last spring season, you know, during 2020 season of um, COVID, it was just hard to play and have that same enthusiasm without all those fans there. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, the, the more I think about it, and this is kind of leading into my next topic here, you know, we talked the last time when you were on the show. At that point, you were a quarterback, and if I correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a position change kind of that happened with you in your career um, over the past year. So, kind of talk about that. You know, talk about the adjustment that had to be made from going from the quarterback role into your new role, and just kind of how that's all been going so
1: far. So yeah, I uh, I actually moved position to wide receiver now um who my best friend and roommate like i said mentioned earlier tyler he he's the starting quarterback and so for me at my senior season i realized maybe hey you know i'm at the point in my life where uh you know i only have a couple years left to play this sport that i love and with the friends that i got so why don't i just try and get somewhere on the field um besides just being on the bench all the time and and um So I just talked to Coach, and he was actually very open to the idea because we were shorthanded on receivers last season, and especially with just Aaron and myself and Xavier, who were like the only upperclassmen receivers at all. And Xavier is also basically a transfer position. He came from quarterback two after freshman year. So, you know, we're very shorthanded on receivers, and I just saw a spot that needed to be filled on the team, and I was like, hey, I'll do what it takes – whatever it takes for the team, and I'm gonna play my heart out. And so you know I made that transition. and one of the ultimately the hardest things I think it was facing was just like, okay, I was used to throwing a football my entire life and I could catch a football. I'm not worried about that, but I have to transition my lower body now. and it's like uh, most of my quarterbacking experience was focused on flexibility and upper body work. And now, as a receiver, I've really got to fine tune and get my footwork a lot quicker, faster, work on route running. And so it was just difficult to really, at first, step into that role and kind of change the, you know, the body, the body's attitude towards playing. And it's like, okay, we've done this our whole life. Now we're doing something completely different. So, and that's definitely a good
0: point that you mentioned there. Kind of a little bit of the uh, Tim Tebow route over there. Not gonna lie. And we'll talk, <laughs> we'll get into Tim Tebow here in a little bit with yeah. the sports now something you mentioned uh in kind of just talking about yourself is the whole fishing you know being a uh, part of ac anglers and also uh with dove hunting season that just happened this past week um a lot of a lot of you is involved in hunting and fishing so i kind of want to you know ask you to talk about that a little bit you know what does that kind of you know what does that mean to you especially kind of just ac anglers how did it all start and then just because I know you showed me uh, kind of just the uh, going blank on the day with the uh, doves, and I know how that feels because there have been many a times where that's happened to me and my dad.
1: Yeah, man. Opening day, dude. That was uh, unfortunate. But that's why, we, you know, I always look around for other public land and property, too, that, you know, in Texas here we have. And, and I'm an avid outdoorsman, and you know that by far. And so for the people that listen to this, you know, it's – it is i hunt and fish because i love it and it's a passion of mine and i love to be outdoors and just in that nature that god created um and i love to just harvest and make some good meals with that i i found a new passion this summer of cooking so i can take some stuff and throw it together and and i worked on my skills in the kitchen which was pretty awesome but uh but one of the big things like you you asked about was uh you know the hunt and fishing ACA, uh, it's it's just an organization, or just like any other fraternity or sorority group, kind of on campus. Except you know we don't do all the we don't have a sponsor that pays us stuff or anything like that. We're just we're just a group of guys and girls on campus that literally just love the outdoors and love to get out and fish. Um, and so that's you know I was recently just kind of nominated into the position unanimously by my friends who said you should be the president because nobody else took stepped in and took up. And I was just like you know what if I'm not playing football, I'll devote my time to helping people, you know, explore the outdoors more. And, and so, you know, we've gone fishing a couple times at Lake Texoma and caught some great fish and just fish fried right there and had some rice and peas and corn with that. And then some Berlin a sauce on top with a uh, beer battered fish. It was really good, man. So Dude,
0: you're making, you are making me jealous right now. Like you're <laughs> making me like excited when lent comes around you are making me excited for those fish fry fridays you are making me excited for that um but that's interesting that you mentioned i'll do it anytime i'm serious do what so if you want
1: me to cook you up some fish man i'll do it anytime i
0: will definitely take some during lent but speaking of kind of cooking i want to ask you um just out of curiosity here what's the best meal that you make like what's the best like if you had to Devote your time and to make it something for the rest of your life. What is that one item?
1: So, if there's one meal that I make like really good, is what you're asking. Yeah. Okay, because I love steak. Don't get me wrong, I love steak. Can't go wrong steak. with
0: steak. Can't go wrong with steak.
1: And can't go wrong with a good steak, and it has to be medium rare, right? We we agree on that. I would say medium. Oh, okay. Well, as long as okay, you're not we can all well.
0: agree, though, not medium well. Medium well, you 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 mess up the meat medium well
1: past that to well done you're a psycho <laughs> so you live in, you live in the south or at least texas and you you understand that steak has to be cooked right yeah. but uh but i'm glad we agree Unless on that you're texas so, roadhouse and you just F it up completely <laughs> pretty much yeah pretty much just screw it screw the pooch on that so um but yeah my best meal man i actually the other night I uh, had had a friend of mine over and I cooked it and um, and I've been fine tuning. I learned this actually in the kitchen this summer. It was technically kind of their recipe, but I kind of modified it, and made it a little bit of mine, and uh, just added a couple more, uh, you know, like side dishes and, and a little bit more to the sauce. But I make a great chicken shrimp artichoke, um, and I'll just kind of give you a quick rundown. It's like just take a chicken breast and all you do is take you flatten it out first and then uh get some flour mixture you know like seasoned flour mix um batter that bad boy up then you throw that in a hot oil skillet and you let it cook and you just let it simmer for a little bit on like medium heat um get your shrimp right and a tail on or tail off do the same thing throw it in there um let the hot oil heat it up and then uh Beforehand, you kind of have to prepare and make some scampi butter sauce. So, I mean, you can research and do look up different scampi butter sauces online. Uh, I just used the restaurant traditional sauce and added some more mixes, uh, mixture of seasoning in, in my sauce so it, it would taste more flavorful. Um, so then once you have the chicken cooked on each side, right, you put the shrimp on top so you don't overcook it. Um, and then you just kind of mix some wine, garlic, shallots, and a little bit of chicken base and once you throw that chicken base in there get and you let it reduce and then once it's done reducing you throw that scampi butter in and bada bing bada boom it is literally done in like 10 minutes dude i ate like 20 minutes ago and now i'm hungry again like that sounds (laughs) literally
0: amazing i'm not even gonna lie to you like love shrimp and once you mentioned the scampi like sauce oh gosh that's just game hey, over. Take my money. Hey,
1: I've had multiple people confirm it's eleven out of ten, or at least you know more than more than I deserve. And I told him I was like, you know, I guess cooking's a new passion of mine, but uh, yeah, you know, I worked man. In- definitely. So- um, I do want
0: to. This will be kind of the final question I have, kind of for the interview. You talked a little bit in your introduction how you want to go into coaching, so I want to kind of touch base on that. Kind of, what's the future plan so far? You know, after Austin College is all said and done. You know, what's kind of the plans that you have in
1: store for
0: uh, after AC?
1: Yeah, um, so for like anybody, I'm sure we're still very unsure. Uh, my plans are just kind of open right now. Like I, my major is history and my minor is education right now. But I plan on getting my master's, like I mentioned, in education as my fifth year next year. And besides that, once I graduate officially um, and get my GA experience here and my master's, um, in the next two years, my plan is to just find, you know, find a job where I can and and uh, where where it makes me the happiest as a coach. And uh, and I'll probably end up teaching the first couple years, which is fine. And and I have that degree to support that background. And you know, having my master's, I also have a backup plan in the future. I've told my my family this that, you know, if I ever want to go into administration potentially and and work my way to become a principal, um, I hear they make some pretty good money. But at the same time, like. You're also still, uh, you're also still around that uh, school environment, or at least like some of the coaches, and you're in the hiring process um, of, of hiring good coaches for a program as a principal. Um, but my goal in the future, in the next, if you're gonna ask, like, if I could see myself in the next five to ten years, right, I could see myself hopefully and potentially settled down with somebody and a nice stable coaching job or. Um, or just, you know, administration job, whatever, whatever it takes to, to provide for my family. Um, and besides that, like if all else fails, I know that I could, I would, I would want to run my own cooking business or at least try and get on food network. Yeah, for (laughs) sure, man, for sure. Get on hell's kitchen with Gordon Ramsey.
0: That's hey, that's the dream itself, man. Like get on with Jamie Oliver, whoever you need to get on with. Heck yeah, man. So that is going to do it here for our interview portion. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about sports. And man, do we have a bit to recap since it's been a while. But before we get into this commercial break, it is the debut of our first official sponsor here on the Max Danielson show, which is Cylon Swap. And I'll let them take it away and talk about who they are. So we will be right back. This episode of the Max Danielson Show is sponsored by Swap. Whether you're looking to buy or sell athletic equipment, SidelineSwap is here to help. SidelineSwap ensures that an athlete will find what they're looking for with a broad range of the best in the market athletic gear at spectacular deals. Swap also ensures that you will receive what you ordered or your money back guaranteed. Download Swap today on the Apple or Android store And save on your first purchase using referral code mtdbaseball426 that's code mtdbaseball426 to save on your first purchase sideline swap a proud sponsor of the max danielson show and welcome back to the max danielson show where we left off we are talking to christian kind of about the whole 2020 season just everything that happened with football in general talking about his injury kind of the whole recovery process for him also talking about his passions of both, or really, his three passions of fishing, hunting, and cooking. Over here we have Jamie Oliver. Um, and also kind of just, in general, his plans after Austin College and just his his joys of going into uh, the coaching field. Also doing a little bit of education and his backup plan of going into administration. But we get into the big kind of topic of the show, which is sports and I had a lot to pick from considering the fact I've been gone for nearly three months, but I tried to just get everything that was of recent news or something that both me and Christian could talk about because God knows if I pulled every bit of information out here, we'd probably be here for another three hours, if that. So we're just going to start off kind of with a a guy that me and uh, Christian mentioned almost on a given basis every single time we meet up, which is... The man, the myth, the GOAT, Tim Tebow, who was revamping his career to be one of the greatest tight ends the game of football has ever seen. And out of nowhere, Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars cut him off. He is no longer a part of the Jaguars team, and his career now is up into question. Didn't work out as a quarterback. Went to AAA, hit some bombs. Didn't work out there tried as a tight end and it barely worked out there either. So Christian, I got to ask you about this. What
1: on earth does Tim Tebow do now? Oh man, oh, this is what we call a supernova event right here. You know, it burned bright and got cut fast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all due respect, you know, Tim Tebow is, is my favorite like athlete out there and, and uh, I've always followed him since like nice high school days. and. Um, it has been my favorite quarterback back in the day, even though props to him, man, for, for doing this and transitioning like me, at least a receiver. You know, He wanted to you know, live out and continue playing football and what he loves and what he's passionate about. But unfortunately, it just didn't work out. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you seen some of the highlights or film from Oh, yes. I've
0: seen his routes. I've seen it. <laughs> you know, if there's anything Tim Tebow did accomplish or any award he did have, he was the most jacked. Tight end in the league, no questions asked. Ah, oh, he, he got them gains, man. He oh, was, he, he was does, crazy. he does. Like it, it's kind of scary gains too. You don't expect it from Tim Tebow, and he comes up with an absolute
1: gun show to Jacksonville.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I surprised all the Florida or Jacksonville girls there. But I'll tell you what. Hey, he can't you know, surprise.
0: So- he can't su- surprise him. He's got a, he's got a wife. <laughs>
1: can't, can't blame him. That's why he has a good looking wife too. Oh, good very for him. true. Very true. But uh yeah, isn't she like a supermodel too for like or I she was? So. Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know if you've seen this
0: tweet. I, I will mention it right now because it's low-key kind of fun. You may have I, I may have seen this tweet because either you sent it to me or you liked it. But it was talking about like how the world like as soon as Tim Tebow got married, like just the world crumbled. Like literally <laughs> after Tim Tebow got married, Kobe died. The, four, the fires in Australia happened. COVID happened. Everything happened. And the end of the tweet was, the world was thriving on Tim Tebow's blue balls. That was the only way
1: this world was thriving. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, As ironic as that is, you know man's living in happiness and he's doing great things Dude, on he is level. doing and
0: like if you if you follow him like on social media the one thing I love about Tim Tebow the thing about Tim Tebow that I think makes him such a likable guy and a great role model is just not only is he a great person but he's as well a great Christian you know he's yeah. always like if there's one thing he's always kept and the one thing I remember he talked about in in an interview when he wore uh the uh the uh the uh face the uh the black stone. Stip- yeah, when he put John 3:16 yeah. on there, there was I think over like three million searches after that game yeah. of that Bible verse, and I mean just yeah. how you know he. If there's a definition of just a guy who is living the best Christian life possible and doing what God intends us to do, it is Tim Tebow, and you know sure he has not you know necessarily panned out in, as an athlete, but. He has followed God's plan to its very peak and has just took it in stride everywhere he's gone, um, and just kept the Lord close, which is just what makes Tim Tebow such a great person and a great story to follow.
1: Yeah, and it's good, good for it's kind of what we need in society more of is for younger kids like myself when I was younger to kind of look at that and follow that and be like, okay, those are good people that you know at least have good morals and and goals in life, uh, you know. Comparison, we take Johnny Menzel, not my favorite, okay? Great athlete, don't get me wrong, oh, right? Oh, fantastic we, athlete. I bet, I bet that anyone can agree that Johnny football definitely put on a show, okay? But character-wise and outside football, there's a reason why he didn't last in the NFL. Yeah. Other than Tebow's reason why he didn't last in the NFL, Tebow's reason is specifically because if you watch some of his Jacksonville tape as a tight end and – you know, it really didn't show that great, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of, not, oh, I say a couple, but at least every time he was out there and I watched the game, um, <laughs> I love the man to death, but.
0: It, Damn, he can't run a route. He, he knows the him. routes. That's one thing about Tim Tebow. He
1: knows his routes, but he just can't run them. He can't run them very His He's built like a fullback playing. And then when you put him in position, it sounds great. And I thought he was at least going to block well, but he he let Blake right past him. Yeah. And I was just like, Tebow, come on, my guy. You got to do better than this. It, so it's, there, it's there is a valid reason why Jacksonville sees on the field as a, a valid, you know, response to his cut. So, yeah, for sure. Now yeah. – one cut that kind
0: of surprised me this week and it's kind of weird because me and my roommates were watching a uh, ESPN in the morning and they were talking about, you know, like how they were kind of almost dissing Cam Newton a bit. They're like, you know, the fact that this race is so close between Newton and Mac Jones is, you know, that says a lot about Mac Jones where a lot of people don't realize the just the just the journey Cam's had to go upon to get back to the position of being an NFL starting quarterback uh quality but of course as soon as that happened two minutes as i'm walking to my next class i get a notification that says cam newton cut by the new england patriots and the question becomes christian is this the end of the road for cam or will we will we see him go
1: to another team so that's a great observation and i was actually genuinely shocked too uh in my ball court but I got to ask you, Max, where do you think, what teams do you think he potentially has a shot at? Because it's crazy. Like I was looking around and I was thinking most of these teams have their quarter. There's maybe a few that are questionable um, or at least just trying to have a young rookie run the show. Um, but Cam is a good quarterback. I, yeah. I got to give him credit. He's played well, he's played far in the league. He's done very, he's, he's been very, at least consistent, but he's a dual threat quarterback and most, of the NFL and quarterbacks we see nowadays are still pocket passing. Mm-hmm. Um, besides people like Kyler Murray, which Cardinals are taking a shot on, um, and that's great. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just most quarterbacks we see, like even you know Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they're still in the league. Or uh, now we see uh, at Cincinnati, uh, shoot LSU. It's blanking on my right now. The dude. Joey Burrow, Joe Burrow, that's right. Yeah, I had a brain fart there. My bad. <laughs> no, but old no Joe worries. Burrow at Cincinnati, and it's like they're they're podcasting style quarterbacks, and you just see all around the league that that's very common. Um, but I was just like I said, I was going to ask you where do you think that because because I'm curious to know. I, I looked around, and it's hard to find a team to, to to say if Cam could find a fit in at that at that place, and uh, if they'll pick him up. Um, and if you're asking me real quick, I'll just say that I think he's going to be a free agent at least halfway through the season. And something's going to happen midway through that some team's going to need. You know, one team that, you know,
0: I, I mean, I was just looking through some of the teams here. One team that kind of sticks out to me, I don't know if, I, I don't think they would pick him up for the, for the first few weeks, but I could see the Houston Texans possibly scooping him up, to, considering how the whole Deshaun Watson trade scenario could play out if he holds out, if the Texans do nothing with him. I feel that the Texans need a better quarterback. That could be a potential uh, landing spot for him. Just looking around, too. I mean, of course, Denver, you know, Drew Locke, not necessarily the greatest quarterback, but are they still going to run with him, or do they want some veteran leadership? That's up for the table, too. Miami, I I mean, I know they really like Tua, but they've also been kind of looking to ship out, go get Deshaun Watson for Tua. That's up in the air, possibly. I mean, you also have Sam Darnold and the uh, New York Jets, and, if you know the New York Jets' history, their quarterbacks have never been solid since uh, Joe uh, Namath back in the old days there. Yeah. And, of course, Mr. Butt Fumble himself, uh, Mark Sanchez. But um, I, I, as far as the NFC goes, I really don't see him fitting anywhere in the NFC. It's like Most teams have a quarterback. I know the Giants are big on their Daniel Jones. Uh, Washington, I think they're going to yeah. stick with uh, Ryan Fitzmagic. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe the Lions. Maybe the Lions. If Jared Goff doesn't pan out, I, I honestly don't know. I think if he goes anywhere, it's
1: got to be the AFC. I really think it does. So, uh, great observation. I, hear me out. Um, I recently found out. You know, this was a day ago news. I looked this up just to see because I was trying to find teams what they were doing. And Tennessee actually... Uh, has not started their quarterback Ryan Tannehill yet, and he's came down with COVID apparently. Um, huh. On top of that, on top of that, literally a day ago, Tennessee released Matt Barkley, and they signed he signed to a practice squad. So now they're stuck with two quarterbacks. Woodside is their backup, which was their third string now, or their third string beforehand, who's their backup now behind Tannehill. But Tannehill's out due to COVID, and they don't know how he's going to recover when he comes back. So. Woodside's their only quarterback right now, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking, if I'm Tennessee, I know I've you know probably got money to play with, hopefully, but considering the fact that they have taken a shot on Vince Young in the past, and they've taken a shot on having that dual threat style quarterback who's got very quick legs and a crazy arm, um, you know, Cam Newton is by far way more accurate than Vince Young, and mm-hmm. I you know, but tennessee to me is probably the closest resemblance depending on how their season goes
0: Mm -hmm. i could see that i could definitely see that happening um i will move on to this topic though because i think this is a great thing to talk about too when we're whole when we're all talking about the houston texans and just in general what could happen with them what do you think is going to be the case with deshaun watson do you think the texans hold out do you think do you think Deshaun, we do see Deshaun Watson go somewhere else? I mean, it seems like it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth yeah. with nothing happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they're playing the game like this and, you know, they keep teasing Deshaun, and I you know, was told one thing or another like this, I'd probably find somewhere else to go, you know. The Dolphins were looking at Deshaun too, so who knows how bad they really need him at that moment? Because um, Deshaun right now, he's the guy, Houston. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's he's done. I mean, he's done fairly. would say a whole lot of stats, but he's done mm-hmm. decent. Um, and so it's been very consistent, and they've had a good receiver core that they're trying to build off of now, which. I think he'll be fine if he stays there this year. But if they're going to trade him or anything, I would say, you know, at least hold on to him for this year and see how he does. You know,
0: Um, that would just
1: be my, but
0: yeah. It's very interesting with the whole Deshaun Watson thing, just because like we've seen it happen before. People thought Aaron Rodgers was going to leave the Packers, which God, I thought so too. I wouldn't have blamed him if he left Green Bay, but then things were settled. And, who knows if it's the last answer whatever the case is there but it just seems like that Deshaun's at does not want any part of Houston anymore which Yeah. I have it, no idea, you know, and and Houston would be smart by keeping him. I I genuinely believe that. But I don't know, could this be something where we see kind of like a, a Barry Sanders or a Calvin Johnson where they just they just get tired of it and they retire early or is yeah. this something that could be a make amends and get him out of there?
1: yeah i mean he's you're right man he sounds like he doesn't want to be there but in all honesty i think it's a money game (laughs) because money talks and these players are trying to you know find the place where they can get the most out of it which is understandable at that level of course um but you know as far as far as this goes with you know deshaun's place at houston um like i think houston should just hold on to him just a little bit longer and see how much they can how much he can produce or get out of that and uh if Obviously, if he doesn't show, then you know trade him and, and find a better solution. So, Absolutely. Now, we're going to move on to Major League Baseball and something, a
0: feel-good story that uh, kind of happened this past few weeks, actually. I believe last week was uh, Miguel Cabrera finally getting his 500th home run to truly cement him going into Cooperstown eventually someday. Uh, a World Series champion, a Triple Crown winner, I believe an MVP um, as well. He's had a great career. It really sucks though to see like so many people talk down about Miguel Cabrera and don't realize how good he used to be back in the day.
1: Yes, yes. I mean the dude has been in the league for a long time and solid solid performance like I just props to him like my on my heart my you know my my praise goes out to him for for devoting his time and effort and getting that 500th you know breaker for the homer. And just really, you know, making a stand for, for his name in Major League Baseball. Like, I, and you know, I'm a Houston Astros fan, like you said. So, you know, but if if, if if there's an athlete who gets to that point and has been in the league long enough, you know, they, I think that they deserve the credit that they, you know, get because they've worked hard to get
0: there. So, And if we want to talk about a guy who's gotten a lot of credit this year, it is a guy who I don't know if we'll ever see another guy like this in our lifetime. That being Shohei Ohtani, the two-way Japanese import, 40-plus yeah. 40 homer, 40 homers on the year, goes out, pitches 101, 102 on the gun. I mean, this guy is just insane. Like, he, he's the next guy. Like, I know a lot of people compare him to kind of what Babe Ruth did back in the day when he was a two-way player, too. I mean, of course, we have our generational talent of Mike Trout in the league, and now you have the second-generational talent on the same team. And, of course, as typical Los Angeles Angels fashion, wasting their careers with no pitching or help. But at the same time, I mean, it's just unbelievable to see what we're just watching out of Shohei Otani. I mean, yeah. what is your thoughts on just the season he's been having?
1: Golly, I, you know, he the man has been playing for so long now too, and just a ridiculous athlete. Like if I can make any comparison, there's really not. And and especially in the major league baseball world, because this guy like is a pitcher and a DH. Like he, he has completely changed the whole game itself and and the way it's set up as like, Oh, well, most pitchers usually aren't DHs, you know? Um, But I mean, props to him for just literally just going balls to the wind and just, Being so successful at what he does, because he's a ridiculously good athlete, and you know I haven't really kept up with the Angels that much, and like you know one of my friends Sarah, she's a huge Angels fan, she's from California, but talking your ear off of how it's been going, good lord, yeah, she does, but I sit there and I just care about my Astros, uh
0: yeah, uh huh, oh, do you tell more, uh huh, yeah,
1: no way, (laughs) no offense to Sarah on that one. Yeah, <laughs> no offense I to love Sarah. her, but you know, I love her as my friend, and and, uh, and 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 I love her support and enthusiasm for the Angels, cause she's at least a home base fan. I'll give yeah. her that. She's a bandwagon, all right. Yeah, so. not a bandwagon. Um,
0: now the last, or one of the last two things about, well, actually, yeah, we'll do it. The last thing besides, actually, no, we'll do the last two things. We'll touch on uh, one more thing, since it's kind of. Interesting to say the least, but before that, of course, Yadier Molina announcing his retirement after the 2022 season. One of the greatest catchers we've seen in recent memory. I mean, what a career Yadier Molina had. You know, of course, kind of gives me some bitter taste back of 2011 when uh, Nelson Cruz wanted to celebrate and uh, decided he's going to play in, let a double go when it should be no doubles defense with two outs in uh, game six of the World Series, and he got himself a World Series. And, of course, the Rangers haven't been doing anything since then. But, I mean, Yadier Molina's had a great career, to say the least. Um, you know, right. he kind of reminds... You know, if there's three catchers that stick out to me during my kind of childhood, it's him, it's Joe Maurer, and Buster Posey.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I agree, Max. Like, if, if you've ever... Seen, if anyone's ever seen yadi play, I mean, like I said, even though I'm an Astros fan, I love baseball. as my second sport behind football. And um, But I... Yachty's just a name that every time you hear it, you just think, "God, one of the one of the most you know athletic and greatest catchers and in, in our time. One of the greatest arms too behind the dish. Yeah. he's one of the few guys I can ever see that literally is on his knee when he catches a curve or a slider and throws it all the way to second, not even standing up fully, full strength, where a guy's stealing the base and he can still get him out, like if that says anything about his arm strength and athletic ability to play catcher, I don't know what does. Cause most catchers can't really do that that quick. And just with his strength and being on the ground still with one knee, that doesn't happen a lot. It's just um, unbelievable
0: how great. And I mean, that will cement himself in Cooperstown as well. I mean, you have two hall of famers who we just talked about there who will end off their career soon. Um, yeah. Last thing though, of major league baseball, kind of a, uh, you know, I say the Rangers haven't been doing much, but you know what? At least we didn't have a 19-game losing streak like the <laughs> Orioles did. And you know what's the best part? It all comes back around to Sarah with her Angels being yeah, the, the team that Angels. they finally beat. Yeah, and they smacked the Angels,
1: too, apparently, is what
0: as she told oh, me. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. And against <laughs> Shohei, too, I believe.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, golly. Don't really keep up much with the Orioles, but... Uh... But the fact that they beat Angels just gives me more bragging rights to yeah. to just, you know. Sarah was on give-
0: suicide watch that day.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! <laughs> she, I mean, like you lose to a team that's lost 19 straight games. All they have is Cedric Mullins. I mean, and Trey Mancini, but that's basically it. But yeah, I mean, if true. it was gonna be any team, it had to be the Angels. It had
1: to be. It it had to be honestly, and uh,
0: you know, Orioles at least. We're sorry for in advance, Sarah. We're sorry in advance for your condolences. Yeah.
1: They sucked long enough, but at least uh, at least they, they got themselves out of their hole. So. Oh, yeah. They probably will go back into that hole, though. Who knows? But moving we'll on to
0: basketball, I want to ask you about this because this is something, you know, watching, I mean, NBA free agency is my favorite time of year. Um, if you follow me on Twitter most of the time, it's. Usually me complaining about the Dallas Mavericks not signing a free agent to save their lives and giving Luka, Luka Doncic no help. But this particular free agency, there was really three teams that everyone went to. The Lakers to team up with LeBron, obvious. The Nets to go team up with Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, obvious. And then Chicago, where uh, DeMar DeRozan went up to uh, team up with Zach Vlain. I kind of want to ask you about your stance on uh, NBA super teams, and especially that everyone wants to play for one of three teams in the NBA versus a team like a smaller market team like Dallas or Milwaukee who just won the championship
1: no one wants right. to go to. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, look at the OGs that have been in the, you know, the league and the game for a while that always end up with, you know, really quality, solid players um, is the Lakers, right? Over the years, we've seen that. And, you know, I'm not that much of a basketball fan, you know, as some people are. And I do kind of occasionally keep up just here and there, just with news and sometimes games. Um, But I am a Spurs guy because my hometown is San Antonio. So my heart goes out to the OG Spurs, all right? The ones with Manu and, and Tim Duncan and Parker, all right? My so mother,
0: don't raise your boys
1: to be <laughs> <girls> fans. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Yeah, let me hear it. All right, those are our championship years. All right, I'll take it. But uh, but you know, if we're talking about these super teams and and really where rookies are looking at wanting to go and not to these smaller teams is, you know, they're probably looking at the Bulls and Lakers right now because they're yeah. sitting real with their with their uh, with their roster. I know you know. I'm not that big of, of a LeBron James fan, but he's one of the greatest in basketball, I can't deny. It. Like he, he's a, definitely. Yeah, he's a great he's a great basketball athlete and I got a great actor correct- though. Not a great actor. Yeah, we could work on those abilities in that movie. <laughs> we definitely could. But,
0: you know, it kind of surprises me just like for example, one team that I've never understood, especially and this kind of ties in with the next topic here. I'll tie them both in together is Players not willing to go to Dallas, which is always surprising. I mean, I get it when Dirk Nowitzki was around. At the end of his career, that's really all they had to kind of promote is, hey, you get to play with a Hall of Famer who changed the way of basketball, made the big man able to go hit threes, hit mid-range. I mean, Dirk pretty much bullied the mid-range with his one-legged fadeaway. And I get why players didn't want to go to that, you know, just because it was at the end of Dirk's career. And that's pretty much all they had. But now you have one of the... I would possibly say top five best-in-the-league players, Luka Doncic, just extended to a five-year, $207 million contract. Everyone that's come out of Dallas has said it's a great place to play. They love the organization, but that's the only way Dallas gets players is through NBA trades. So yep. it, it just baffles me, or especially even with Milwaukee, who just won the championship, have one of the greatest players, a generational talent in Giannis Antetokounmpo, And you don't see these guys wanting to go there. They want to go to the big cities of Los Angeles, Chicago, um, Brooklyn, to go team up with these guys. And I think it all really comes down to, and this is where I, I mean, this is why really Giannis and Luca don't have those type of teammates is because it's all about connections in the NBA. Everyone wants to go play with their buddy. And Luca and Giannis being foreign players, you don't really have those relations when you get into the league and you don't really kind of, have the packs like these NBA players who have played travel ball all their lives together, together, played in college together, versus you have Giannis and Luca who have came from overseas competition. You really don't have much. I mean, of course, the Mavericks are going for Goran Dragic right now, who was yeah. kind of his mentor, but that's really kind of the guys that you're posed with as a European guy.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of factors in that. And I think that honestly, Um, after looking around and just kind of hearing what's going on with the Mavericks in our uh, Dallas area here is that, you know, Luca's kind of got a lot of, you know, he's a lot of the center of attention right now. And especially with that new, new extension he signed, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of money. So as a player, you know, there's different, different, um, you know, different factors that, you know, play this play out to why a player won't want to come play. And you know, one of them I just think personally that might be a money issue and, and that players are worried that they're not going to get paid what they deserve because they're paying so much towards Luka. um, Even though prop Mavs have lots of money and, and they're an NBA organization, you know, just thinking as a player that they're, that organization is going to put more effort and money and time into just that one player, Luka, um, alone is, is a lot. Um, and on top of that, you know, I've heard some sources and some seen some news articles about Luca being not a good player to play with. Uh, so that also factors in is that, you know, when there's guys on the team who complain about him and and the fact that he you know, he's always barking at the coach like it's just one of those small under the radar things that people don't see that, you know, is really a selfish player on the team uh, that that's not fun to play with. And personally, I'm not saying he's selfish. I'm just stating that what some of these sources and news articles are, are saying out there is that Luca may not be the best player to play with. Um, so there are multiple factors, I agree, and I agree with your statements on uh, why people may not be coming to the Mavs, but um, there's, I just think there's a lot of pressure on on, on just these star players like Luka.
0: Now, the question becomes, and, and I will admit, I definitely know when Rick Carlisle was in, I mean, Rick Carlisle has a history of not getting along with his point guards. That's kind of what happened in Dennis Smith Jr., which is one of my favorite players who was ever on the Mavs. I'm sad, kind of his career kind of dwindled out, but... He, he's really not great with rookie guys. And, you know, if there's anyone that's that kind of it's acceptable to be selfish, it's Luka Doncic. I mean, the dude was playing in the second highest competition league when he was 16 years old, an MVP and, and champion in that league at 19. But the question I want to ask you, because this, is a big, this has always been a big report that's came out, even though players who play for the Mavericks say they love him, do you think there's a stigma around Mark Cuban? Do you think there's a stigma that prevents players from wanting to go to Dallas because of solely Mark Cuban. He kind of has a bad rap from the beginning of his career and kind of what you know people think of him versus when they actually get to Dallas and they see that you know one thing that Mark Cuban is really good at is backing his players up. And he's always yeah. been kind of that owner. And every time people lead Dallas, they have nothing but good things to say, not only about the organization, but especially Mark Cuban. So do you think there's that stigma there that's around Mark Cuban and that being a reason why... Players don't go to Dallas.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mark, you know, as a face of an organization, especially anyone for a high class team and and a national level like that, you know, the face of that team and owner of the organization is literally everything. And that says whatever that person's personality is, um, whatever, you know, what they stand for, what they invest their time and money and effort in into that organization really just kind of, um, you know, gives that, person of the uh, personality for the face of that organization and people out there and players are going to see that and either want to play or not play. So, you know, I, I actually think that probably is another contributing factor maybe that some people have a stigma against them. And I mean, I don't know enough about, you know, much about Mark Cuban and, and what he has exactly done in his past, but I know that I can understand why people would hold a grudge against that And I can understand that, you know, some players just don't want to play for certain people, right? For sure. Um,
0: And if we want to talk about players not wanting to play for specific people, great. Segue into our last topic for NBA. Ben Simmons once out of Philly, which is kind of, you know, it's weird to kind of see it all play out because kind of the whole trust the process phase, they bring in Joel Embiid, get Ben Simmons, and now Ben wants out. I mean, it's kind of, I don't think there's any ties that could be amended i think the bridges have been burned it's just a matter of time of you know when will ben simmons get traded
1: yeah i think it's a little too late to say that if he wanted to stay with philly it would uh kind of he kind of shot the shot himself in the foot by really stating he wanted to come out so but
0: yeah it'll be interesting to kind of watch that whole thing uh play out with ben simmons we're gonna Go on to a hockey real quick here. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist retires. I mean, it's kind of sad just the way how his his career ended and just all the injuries that kind of mounted upon him at the end. I mean, one of the greatest goalies that never won himself a Stanley Cup with uh, the New York Rangers, which, I mean, if there's anything that talks about the New York Rangers franchise, even though it's one of the greatest in the NHL, just not being able to get one of the greatest goalies we'll ever see um, a cup, which kind of sucks and... He tried to go, I believe it was to Washington to finish out his career, had some injuries, and then ultimately led him to retiring early. But the last topic we want to talk about goes to the Premier League, which uh, I think everyone is shaking in their boots. Just, you know, regardless of this dude's age being 36 years old, he is still one of, if not the greatest player in the world of soccer. Cristiano Ronaldo goes all the way around you know what goes around comes around and he goes all the way back to where he started off at Manchester United Christian I want to ask you about
1: that what do you think about this move dude I'm gonna say if anyone doesn't know sports or watch sports or even if you don't like soccer okay Cristiano Ronaldo is the face of the world as an athlete um let's just I'm gonna put that out there and you can agree with me Max or disagree but this guy is literally the face of sports in our in our nation as we know it and world and around He is a major major face that in Portugal Soccer's worldwide, you know, don't get me wrong, I love American football, I play it, but soccer and you know football over there in in Europe and across the world as we know it, it's all around the world. So everybody watches this. Everybody watches the World Cup. And so Cristiano Ronaldo is like the GOAT of soccer as yeah. Tom Brady is to football, right? Um, so if we put this in perspective, it'd be like Tom coming back to the Patriots after a couple years or so at um, at Tampa Bay. Um, and, in my opinion, I think that he it's his his logical move to go back home. and you know, whatever he is happy with in his career, like I, I love the man as an athlete and as a, as a person. I mean, Cristiano, if you've seen anything on him other than just his playing ability, He's a great man, and he's and he loves people around him. And so, you know, wherever he ends up, I'll I'll support the man, and I and I'm props to him. You know, and uh, speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo I'm sorry. sorry, I said that's really where he started off his career, like you mentioned, is, oh, is yeah. man. So and they 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 showed him a lot of love, and those are really the OG years too, if we think about it, T- thousand and three to two thousand nine, where a lot of these famous football players came out, including Messi. Yeah. So. And, you know, talking still
0: about Cristiano Ronaldo, a big thing happened to him this week. he cemented himself as the highest international goal scorer in history. I mean, you talk about a guy who is the face of soccer. I mean, you have guys like Kylian Mbappe who's coming up. You have Neymar, you have Messi, those guys. Um, you have all, you know, your guys in Liverpool, your guys in Chelsea, all these big name stars. You got Lewandowski over there at Bayern Munich. But Ronaldo is alone, well, besides with Messi, as one of the greatest soccer players in this generation. And it's it's weird also to think that in a few years, I mean, he's going to be done. I mean, same thing with Messi, probably same thing here with Neymar in a few years. And kind of the new age of soccer uh, with Mbappe especially is kind of coming into uh, fruition.
1: Yeah, our childhood... Uh superstar athletes that that we grew up with max it's like my dad said that he grew up with troy Aitman and emmett smith on the uh the america's team of dallas cowboys you know and when they all retired it's kind of a sad day because you realize that you're growing up and these guys are growing up too and these legends that we love to watch it's it's a new age of legends that come along but you know these guys mbappe neymar messi ronaldo they're all considered one of the greatest in my heart and our hearts and and um and I just think that you know these guys like especially Ronaldo he's nearly perfected his craft I mean he obviously it's arguably to say that nobody's perfect but this man does his job you really can't
0: find faults in his game
1: Yeah. yeah I mean he does his job so well or at least his playing and he's so passionate about it and you can just see that he is he spends so much time and effort into it It's unreal. It's unreal how good he is at what he does.
0: And I think that's a great way to kind of end off this uh, episode of the Max Danielson Show. Um, As I thank you all for watching, and uh, Christian, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, It's been an honor to have you on again, so if you have anything else to say, if you want to promote anything, go for it. The time is yours, my friend.
1: Well, I got nothing to say. All I got to say, man, is, you know, I appreciate you having me on the first episode back and uh, I look forward to talking and hanging out soon. Absolutely,
0: man. And thank y'all for truly everything, the whole support since uh, kind of the whole break that all happened. Uh, I'm glad to be back. It's great to be back in action. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, as I thank you from myself, Max Danielson, and as always, Have a pleasant, good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening to you wherever or whenever you may be listening. Gosh, it's been so long since I've said that. And we will see you on the next episode. Take care, y'all.